It's Friday, December 2nd, and you're listening to a brand new episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour Podcast. That's right, brand new episode. Hi. Coming at you from a cabin in the woods, a festive cabin in the woods, no less. Oh, hey, Instagram. <laughs> I didn't see you there. <laughs> On today's episode, we reboot the pod with powerlifter Jeffrey Cormier. That's right, powerlifter. He lifts heavy things. We get into it. We explore it. We're back. We're back. That and so much more. Starts now. That is right. We are back. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to a brand spanking freaking a new episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. How you been? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, oh, my. Oh, my. I used to work with this guy. He used to. <laughs> he used to. Uh, this. Uh, <laughs> he used to go. Oh, my God. But seriously, he meant it. From his heart, but all that to say, oh my, oh my god, uh, we're back. It's been since April, last episode. A lot has happened. Oh my god, what, what, what? So much, like, I don't even know where do you begin? So much has happened in the last since April in the world. I think I'll have to do a full solo pod today because my guest, not today, but another day, because, comma, today. My guest, powerlifter Jeffrey Cormier. Man, we get into it. I've known Jeffrey for a long time. We actually get this get this interweb. We used to work at McDonald's together about 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. And Jeffrey was a thin, skinny guy. He says scrawny. I was scrawny. He was like a, the level above scrawny. But we were kind of in the same arena, if you will. Anyway, lo and behold, had, you know, lost touch and... A few years go by, 16 to be specific, and about, I don't know, six or seven, eight months ago, I noticed he's a powerlifter on, on the internet. <laughs> but not like on, just on the internet. I know, discovered on the internet, on Instagram. And I'm like, wow, did not, this was... That's the thing about the internet. You lose touch with people, and then all of a sudden, entire lives go by. And down a completely different path I would have never I mean he would have never guessed we get into it that he would have become a power lifter but here he is lifting with power Jeffrey Cormier is my guest today oh I should get a little bit of business out of the way remember to go to what is it at JD Comedy Hour it's been so long at JD Comedy Hour on Instagram and Twitter facebook.com slash JD Comedy Hour 
Email the show, pod, P-O-D, in case you don't know how to spell that, pod at jdcomedyhour.com. Want to hear from you. We are back twice a week, Fridays and Tuesdays. This is a Friday episode, as you know, December 2nd, present date. This was, I, I need to say this, by the way, to anybody listening, that if you delete something on your computer, it's not completely gone for good. I, this interview actually that I did with Jeffrey, he came by here, the cottage, I'm in New Brunswick, in Skidduck, New Brunswick, specifically home Tizown, hi, 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 doing some corporate gigs, it's, uh, there's, in Summerside, PEI, PEI, anyway, so here for three weeks, it's corporate season, Christmas party season, and, uh, so, what was I saying, I completely lost my, my uh, pod at jdcomedyhour.com, was that it? No, I was just explaining why I am in uh, New Brunswick. Anyway, so Jeffrey came uh, by here, the cottage, and uh, did this interview, and it went, it was great. I mean, some some just go better than others. Sometimes we're, when you least expect it, and it's just a great conversation. I mean, again, we've known each other for a long time, and so it was quite easy. And so we did over an hour, an hour ten about which you'll you'll get to hear, but somehow it got completely wiped from not uh, my from my computer, and I always back it up on a hard drive, portable hard drive, gone from that, completely deleted. And I was freaking out, but there's uh, it's there is hope, okay. Just so you know, you can actually get this data recovery software, and I got the software back. Long story short, I, I'll give the plug: Ease Us Mac Data Recovery Software saved my life. Because I, I was thinking, oh my, I'm going to have to get Jeffrey to come back, and it's not as organic the second time, and we, I feel like we got a, we got a good one in the books here, and I didn't, it was gone. So if you delete things, even if you empty the recycle bin, or if it's uh, on an external hard drive, it can be recovered. Just if, as soon as you do, and you just noticed that you deleted something, stop doing everything. Don't download anything else because what happens, and I did not know this, I'm educating you, okay? This is not just comedy. This is not just interviews. This is an education, all right? It's not all ha-ha. It's ha-ha-ah. So when you delete a file, it doesn't just completely delete. It just gets put it, put, put it? <laughs> it gets placed somewhere, like on some, okay, I'm not going to explain it technically, but on some invisible Drive. You can't see it ever again, the file. But it will be there until it's overwritten by something else. So stop. Don't download anything. Don't don't even just use it. Just, I mean, I guess you have to download the software. Hopefully it won't override your file. That I never even thought of that. Anyway, ease us. Check it. Check it. But so much has happened since April. And like I said, I will do a solo pod uh, next Tuesday's episode, which will be December. Uh, what, what, what What is it? December uh, 6th. Sixth, it's going to be a Lemon Press Sessions episode, so I'll do a little monologue ski off the top, and then it's going to be all the uh, musical acts that have come through Lemon Press Studios over the years, and it's a great compilation. So, in future, if you want to just hear the music and not listen to me ramble on and on, you can just go back to that episode uh, that's coming out on Tuesday, so then on the following Friday, December uh, 9th, Epi, I'll do a solo pod, catch you up, because so much has happened in the world, like... Since the last episode, uh, the last episode I did, the Tragically Hip was very much of a band indefinitely until whatever. And then since then, found out Gord Downey was terminally ill and has they've since gone on their final tour as a band. Well, uh, uh, bummer. Why why bring that up? 
What else? Donald Trump. We live in a post-Donald Trump world. That happened. Never thought. In April, that was a joke. And now it's real. So we'll talk about all of that another time because, like I said, I've got a good interview on uh, our hands here. Uh, what am I saying? English. English. So uh, you're going to enjoy it. Let's get right into it. Let's get with my chat. <laughs> oh, my God. It's been so long. Let's get too much. Just drop the jingle. There it is. Enjoy my chat now with powerlifter Jeffrey Cormier. Just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need to lose. Sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion, comedy hour. In this episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast with guest Jeffrey Cornings, brought to you by Vianort Restaurant, Greater Toronto Area Order. GTA listeners, Toronto, or if you happen to find yourself in Toronto, uh, get your way, find your way to 938 College Street for the best Portuguese restaurant in the city, four-time recipient of the Top Choice Critics Pick Award for Best Portuguese Restaurant, and named one of the top five Portuguese restaurants by Toronto Life Magazine, Via Nort, 938 College Street, get on down there. Also home of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour live show every Wednesday night at 8.30. Via Nort, 938 College Street, get yourself down there, do it, do it, uh, today. Now, let's get to Jeffrey. All right. Uh, welcome, welcome. And uh, my guest today, as I mentioned off the top, is uh, a guy that I go way, way, way back with. I'm talking, I mean, what? Uh, probably 16, 16 17, 17 years. years. Yeah, late 90s. Yeah. Late 90s. We worked at McDonald's. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, back in Shadiac, New Brunswick. And uh, now he's a power lifter. Which, wh- what did you recently win? Tell, tell me. Um, I, so I finished first in my category at the uh, my Federation's Nationals so mm-hmm. in Canada. So uh, that would be 75 kilo- kilograms, so 165 pound weight, uh, body weight. Um, I finished with an So 11. you're 165 now? Like Yeah, 165 pounds. Oh, yeah. my, walking, my walking weight is about 168, 170. Um, I try to stay around 170, then do a water, what we call a water cut. Uh, just a small water cut, so I just cut carbs and sodium for a few days, and then I drop to whatever uh, I am. So, like, is that healthy? Does that take a toll on your body when you not at all? It, as long as you cut your weight less than five percent, you'll be fine. Right. But as soon as you start passing five to eight percent, you're gonna lose some strength. Uh, a lot of uh, UFC fighters or MMA fighters or even boxers they cut about ten to fifteen percent of their weight and try to bring it back on because they don't care necessarily about strength; they want to care about speed. Right. But for us, we don't want to lose strength. So what we do is we only cut the uh, bare minimum that we do without losing strength. So yeah, so I just really just clean, easy water cut. I mean, it's kind of torture for two days. But uh, yeah, just cut carbs and sodium and just eat basically protein and What do you mean fats. torture? Do you get like headaches and, and stuff like that? No, no, just dehydrated and right. just uh, tired and lethargic. Gotta get those veins out. Because you look yeah. way more, like I would have guessed like 180 or something. That's, that's what a lot of people tell me. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that as a compliment, I guess. A lot of people tell me I look like low body fat? Like, What's your body fat? Uh, probably index? around 9, 10%. Uh, very maximum 10%. Probably more around nine and i'm actually looking to uh, to cut it down to about seven or eight because uh, after i qualify after i won in october i qualify for team canada so i'm going to represent i'm going to be on um on canada's team for the worlds in april 
Unreal. Yeah. And then, and then, it, however you do it, Worlds, and then that goes from there. Could you be a contender for the Olympics? Let's say. Uh, well, the, the powerlifting is not an Olympic sport. Oh, it's not an Olympic. But sport, we yeah. are a demonstrative sport in 2020. So, um, so what it is, it's actually very comparable to what you see in the Olympics. So, Olympics has weightlifting. Yeah. And weightlifting is two specific lifts. So the clean and jerk and the snatch. So the things where they throw over yeah, their heads yeah, and all yeah. that. So that's weightlifting. And they Exactly. So we're, we're basically the exact same thing, except we use the squat, bench, and deadlift as our lifts. We have three lifts instead of two. And same thing, same concept. We have three attempts at each lift, and the best completed attempt is added to your total. What, is, what does that mean in demonstrative sport? Is that like a demonstrative sport considered then for future Olympics? Exactly. Like so showcasing the sport? I guess golf was like that this year, this past year in Rio. So it, you could win a medal kind of-ish. But I remember they, snowboarding being that. In yeah, the snowboarding was what, in 1998 and then it became an actual sport afterwards, uh, mm-hmm. I think the next Olympics. So that's what they're aiming for. The, pro- the biggest problem with powerlifting is the same problem that boxing had back in the day is that we have multiple federations. Right. So it's whose federation should take over to go to Olympics. More mine. I work. I'm I'm in the uh, IPA Federation, International Power Association. Um, the IPF, International Powerlifting Federation, is probably the higher standard one because there's way more strict in a lot of things. It's which is good and and not good. I mean, they uh, they get a little bit. I don't want to say Nazis because that's kind of a big thing, big term, but <laughs> they're kind of strict in a lot of things almost unnecessarily uh and they're the ones that probably will represent uh, powerlifting in the olympics but yeah so there's a few federations and is that yeah. a geography thing the federations or it's a little bit uh ipa is very much more north american based so the federation i'm in uh we're really strong in canada and united states and some a uh, few nordic countries in europe so finland sweden and i think we have a feder- uh, um, uh, representative in france as well uh, yeah, there is actually because the uh, there's a guy that just benched with a shirt. So we have equipment you can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can either go raw, which is no equipment, or equipped, which helps you a lot. So like for example, a bench shirt, uh, like kind of forces you the bar the bar back up. So you kind of work against the shirt because is it so tight? Because it's so right. tight. So it adds pretty much like two hundred to three hundred pounds in your bench. Like it's insane. Really? So yeah, I need so, to get a bench. So there's yeah, yeah. So there's a guy that just benched uh, eleven hundred pounds in our federation what? with a bench shirt. Yeah, eleven hundred pounds. He weighs like. 500 pounds himself so what you're saying is if i bench zero right now i could go from zero to 200, 200 just like that <laughs> day from day but no the problem is that with a bench shirt is that you you have to go heavy because you won't like if it's not heavy enough you won't be able to go down oh right because you're going to be forcing against the shirt yeah. and you need a heavy enough weight like for example so it's like a spot like a mini spot kind of that's exactly it and the like for example like when i squat i squat with wraps mm-hmm. so uh the wraps give you an, kind of an on your knees bounce. or yeah yeah and the elastic gives you a little kind of a bounce. So if I don't have enough, like I can't put wraps before 315 pounds because it's just not heavy enough for oh, me right. to go down. Like I can go down, but I'm kind of working against myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I need a weight that's going to bring me down far enough so that I can, the elastic will push back up. That's amazing. And uh, all that to say, I don't even think I introduced you. All that to say, my guest today sitting in front of me. We're in the middle of the woods in uh, New Brunswick. Uh, Jeffrey Cormier is here. And uh, man, I appreciate it. I really wanted to have you on because I like to introduce um, uh, or or let the listeners into a world that might be completely foreign to them. And it it is to me as well. And such a, I mean, let's go back a little bit. Like I'm sure a lot of people didn't 
think or even maybe yourself that you would find yourself down this path like powerlifting because I remember you being like a fairly small guy like never I mean not like minuscule but no, you know no, like I was scrawny I was scrawny right. yeah I, I mean during I'm almost 5'11 and I'm I was mostly around 140 pounds during yeah. all high school like I was a scrawny little kid um, which helped like playing like soccer and whatever else any like cardio sports and all that and I played uh, like street hockey and all that stuff that you play after school right but um but no uh especially even with my personality doesn't seem like those raw raw macho lift weights and throw <laughs> things in the ground type of guy but um yeah no it's it's kind of a really odd path i took to to get here how did you go there so um it's this is gonna go a little bit personal Let's, uh, let's get right into it let's this, get right into it of course deep emotions here no so uh about 10 years ago Yep, 2006. I met a girl here in Moncton. I was working in Moncton uh, for Stats, Stats, Statistics Canada. I met a girl who was graduating university, uh, who was from Edmondson, New Brunswick, mm-hmm. uh, San specifically. And um, yeah, we went out for a while, and she got a job offer before she graduated to go back home. So uh, I decided to follow her. Now, the thing is that even if I was a scrawny kid, I ate a sh- a lot. Oh, fuck, yeah. whore cunt. Yeah. Okay, you can right, swear. Right. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I ate a shitload of food all the time. But the thing is that I was, was active. I did whatever sport and whatever else. The thing is that in Edmondston, not sure you're pro- you talk about stuff that's foreign to your listeners. So Edmondston, New Brunswick is in the middle of nowhere. New Brunswick has nothing to do. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a pulp and paper town and with no airport within two and a half hours. It's, it's different. So anyways... Has pros and cons. I'm not gonna bash anybody in case anybody from Edmonton is gonna end up. I posting. am curious before you continue. What were you doing like job wise? Because I always, because because when I drive down, I pass through Ed- Edmonton, and I always wonder, what do people do here? So so when I moved there, uh, I basically had no job. I was actually got a temporary job at Telus trying to open up stores. I I I, I, I did nothing. But um, so I scoured the area for the best possible job I could have. There's only a few, a handful you can really get that will sustain you a good life. And I end up getting in with the government, uh, the Canada Border Service Agency. So I started off as an officer. Oh, yeah, no way. Yep, so those guys. That yeah, because gr- that's a border town. Right? Yeah, that's it's right. a border town, exactly. So right in the border, Maine. So um, so I started as a border service officer. Probably eight months after I got there, I lucked out. It's a good job. Pays yeah, it's well, a good job good to benefits. get in oh, like, yeah, yeah. long-term and benefits. I, especially and in maritimes. Like mm-hmm. our, our salary is, is great because cost of living is nothing compared right. to everywhere else. So, uh, so yeah, so I ended up getting there. Uh, but what the long story short, I kept eating the same amount and there was nothing to do. I got fat. I, I did. Did yeah, you? That's hilarious. I, I can't fat. picture that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You look, I, if you scroll down in my history Facebook, you'll see a before and after picture when after I got fat and after I lost my weight again. So it took me a few years, but I got fat. I got probably, I mean, fat. I mean, this is not going to sound a lot to maybe some people, but I got for a guy who was 140, 150 pounds his yeah. whole life, I was up to 210. Yeah, no, no, that's a lot. That's a big jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I was, uh, I was fluffy, let's say. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So I, after a few years, I, I was maybe fat for about two, three years, and I got tired of it. I got really tired of it. So um, I decided to uh, go uh, lose weight. So um, being the obsessive compulsive person that I am, I researched what's the best way to lose weight. How do you lose weight scientifically? How does it happen? So. Easy, easy formula: calories in, calories out. So, um, so basically, I limited the, the amount of calories, and I tried to uh, that I took in, and I tried to augment the calories that I actually expended. And by doing that, I ran. 
So I started running and ran and ran and ran, and I just really took a passion for running. So um, so I started running for a few years, and I became really, on an amateur level, competitive. Um, so I, I specialized in 10K, uh, and I ran for... So what was your time in a 10K? I, went, I, won New Brun- I won New Brunswick over 30 10K, the championship in 2013. Uh, with a time, oh, it was horrible. It was the end of October. It was maybe two degrees. It was snowing. It was raining, and I got I I got a good time and not a great time. T- uh, Forty minutes and two seconds. Yeah, that's really good. And my I've best. I've never cracked fifty minutes myself. So, but yeah, but it's it's tough. It's yeah. it's deceivingly tough to run a ten k, and uh, but I was like I said, I'm an OCD type guy, so I ran all the time. I and this is what it was going to get the powerlifting. So I um I end up getting my lowest time ever was non-competitive was probably 38 minutes. So it's That's not crazy. bad. Do you find running in the winter now? I know we're kind of derailing a little bit, but yep, we'll get back fine. on track. That's, That's what we do. Uh, could you ever run in the winter since you were obsessed with it? Uh, is it something you have to acclimate no, your lungs? Yeah, to? A, a lot of people, a lot of people like that. I I, I really don't, for the simple reason that. Uh, there are too many variables that come in. Like the wind is going to be cold. You're going to freeze maybe your hands or whatever else. Uh, grip with shoes. I mean, you start losing track of what progress you're actually doing. Right. And on top of that, more you're more likely to get injured. So in the winter, I, I ran treadmills. I, I or- Fire lungs, man. I can't, like I went recently and it was like maybe two or three degrees. And in the summer, I can run forever. Just really yeah but man it was like two three degrees and i thought i was going to actually die <laughs> my lungs were on fire when and and they yeah. were kind of uh, they felt irritated while i was running but i didn't stop and when i stopped no. i actually was like lying on the grass and like yeah. going through hell for like 10 minutes it, it really is it, it's it's incredible the impact it has my body adapts really well to that for some of because um i i tend to overheat a lot like i don't know my body temperature is probably like 50 degrees the uh but no i i tend to overheat a lot so in the summer i struggle more than the fall and spring oh really yeah. so my perfect temperature is about five seven degrees like i i run my best at five seven degrees uh i can run up to uh, to minus five without a problem after that it starts getting a little bit wonky for me so um, i find if you if you run every day and don't stop like i hadn't ran and since it was like 20 degrees or so and yeah then i went and i was like oh my god it, like it was like breathing in glass you um your your muscle memory is great like it, you can recuperate you can um yeah i guess recuperate get back in the rhythm of things really easily but if you go off for about two three weeks your body will be shocked a little yeah. bit like it's, it's, it's crazy. like starting all over again yep exactly at the weight you're now can you still run or do you like so that's how I got in powerlifting. So, um, so I ran for years. Um, I went to um, so after I, I we my no is the girl that I moved in. After my and I broke up, um, I um, I didn't know what to do because I was in Edmonton and <laughs> uh, I only knew her family and my work, uh, my coworkers, and there's nothing to do. So Still working as a border border agent, border officer. Yeah, exactly. So I got an offer to go work on special projects in Beijing which I did. I worked at the embassy in Beijing and then in Ottawa. So while I was in Ottawa, I kept running, but then I started having hip problems. Uh, I'm not saying I'm old, but I was 33, 34 at the time, 33. And uh, I started having no more cartilage in my hips. So um, doctor, I went to see a sports specialist. He said, basically, you can keep running, but you, you're not going to get faster unless you want to ruin your body. 
I didn't want to ruin my body. They want to be like decrepit by 40 years old. Mm-hmm. So I stopped running. I started doing cycling just to go easy in the joints, but I still wanted to stay in shape. So um, once again, when I was running, my mo- my numbers were my motivation. How fast can I go? So I looked into sports and different types of training, whatever else, and powerlifting came about. Squat, bench, deadlift. Everybody knows how to squat, bench, and deadlift is a little bit more foreign for most people, but I got into it, and it's like the king of exercises because it works everything in your body. It, so, it was for, but now with CrossFit and stuff, I find it's bringing it more like yeah, the CrossFit. Yeah, I'm a very anti-CrossFit guy. I, I'm sorry for any listeners that live CrossFit, but uh, CrossFit is good and and theory behind it is good, but the practice behind it, oh, man, people. Because the problem is that people do those lifts by time like timed lifts right and the thing is that you're gonna start losing your form and that's where you get hurt yeah yeah big time and also people with no experience in those kinds of movements get right into it yeah. and get it they get i feel like every crossfitter gets so obsessive about it it's crazy it's there's no in between it's oh, like you're either zero or you're so deep in i have a problem and this is maybe more a philosophical thing but i have a problem with any sport or any generic thing that is trademarked because CrossFit is a Reebok trademarked. Right. So, I mean, so how, how like, you, it's like Nike doesn't own the squat. You know what I mean? Everybody can squat. But if right. you want to do CrossFit, it's Reebok owned CrossFit. So, I, I find that is really right there kind of suspicious. So, um, it is what it is. Anyways, maybe uh, maybe I'm just being an elitist jerk. <laughs> so, uh, so the deadlift is the king of all exercises. Yeah, it's king of all exercises. So, yeah, so I started... Why is that, by the way, just for people that because are Because it's the only thing, only exercise that I feel really works. Well, I'm, I feel in p- people who refer to the deadlift as, as that, that works everything in your body. It li- literally works everything. If you have a problem, in your like a weakness in your body, it will expose it. Mm-hmm. It works your shoulders. It works your arms. It works your legs. It works your back. It works everything so um yeah and and there's different variations right there's like yep there's there's the conventional which Mm -hmm. is uh what you will see for most people do which is your um, like you're standing normal and you're lifting the bar up on the ground right and there's sumo which is what i do because i have long legs for my like proportion wise so that's just a wider stance it's a wider stance because you want to limit your range of motion a little bit and because you have long legs, I tend to be stronger in the quads, and it's a more quad dominant lift. Okay. So, uh, so that's why, because like I have a thirty-two uh, height uh, pant leg, and I'm only five eleven. Right. So, uh, which is usually over six feet tall. And uh, not to get too technical, but the first one, the the like standard one. Do, is your grip in between your legs or on the uh, outside? It's outside. Yeah, it's okay. outside. You usually, I find tra- that harder from the outside because my knees get in the way. Like when I go up, it, that's why it's a techni- it's a very technical lift, and that's a da- it's a, I don't want to say it's a dangerous lift, but it's a one that you need to keep your ego in check. Start very low right. and build yourself up. So um, the knees are in the way, uh, but they should be like the bar should start about halfway be- uh, in, on your foot. So right, okay. So so you start there. And it's one motion. People think that you do, if you do one motion before, like if you lift your legs first or if you lift your back first, then you're going to hurt yourself. It's actually all one motion. It's supposed to like go like all together. Your knees are supposed to go out, hips go go up, and back go straight all at the same time. So everything ends at the same time while you're standing. So it's, it's yeah, it's very technical lift, uh, but and, it's a great lift. And all of the... Um 
Do they all have the one like normal grip and one reverse grip? And what the hell is the meaning behind that? So, what does that do? Yeah. So, oh, it drives me insane. Like it drives me insane. I once again, I I feel like I'm gonna sound like a real jerk. I'm really not a jerk, okay? <laughs> so if you see me at the gym or whatever else, because I pretty much train everywhere I go when I go travel for work. If you see me at the gym, you can come uh, come see me. But uh, but yeah, no. So so there's basically four grips uh so you have your standard grip which is just double overhand you're lifting a bar up and Mm -hmm. that's fine you should do that grip until you possibly cannot hold the bar anymore so i stopped doing that because to lift heavier you mean exactly because i think because exactly because that that will work your grip the most and work your strength the most as far as the forearms and grip goes people switch to mixed grip very quickly because that's the grip that you usually are strongest at. But you shouldn't be using that if the grip is the problem. You know what I mean? Right. Like you got to work it out. That's an you, imbalance. That's exactly it. So that's why you should always go with overhand until you can't. Um, there is also um, something called hook grip. Now, hook grip is basically overhand, except you f- you slide your thumbs under your fingers. And basically, you hold your thumb. And the bar is inside your like inside your thumb. Right. So the problem with that grip is that it's it's hardcore as hell. Is that the bar will be squeezed against your thumb and your fingers? I was gonna say, wouldn't that hurt? It hurts like hell. Why do people do that? Tougher, yeah. uh, tougher, and I mean it 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 negates the um, perception of imbalance because people think that because you do mixed grip, you actually work your bicep a little bit more on the side that the uh, when you have an open hand. I negate that by training both. So you switch. I switch all the time. So so I I try to do equal volume on both sides. So I feel completely fine with it. But some people don't like that because they if you really are just right-handed or left-handed, you will never feel comfortable. I'm semi ambidextrous, so I can do it both both ways without a problem. Like I go heavy in both ways. Okay, so there's the thumb in the thumb in which is hook the standard, uh, the mixed. Yeah, one underhand. One, one underhand, over. one overhand. And the other one is straps, which I, I obviously, uh, you, you shouldn't be using at all right. uh, because that will, you, you're not working your grip. Deadlift it works, everything else. Um, the only time I use straps is when I'm going high, high reps, so which means it's a weight that I know I can handle anyways. And it, I don't want my grip to be the feeling thing because my grip is strong enough. It's just that the bar will start sliding because I'll start sweating. After eight, ten reps, my, my hands will start sweating. Right. So I don't want to lose it. So I use straps for that. So what do you think, what are your thoughts on things like straps or gloves or when people put uh, like the foam around the bar to do squats <laughs> and stuff like the, that? The bitch pad. That's yeah. what we call it, the bitch pad. <laughs> so uh, so the, uh, it, it's, it's, I mean... People can train the way they want. Like, yeah, of course. Uh, but uh, I just always feel like my, just raw dog it, then okay. it builds everything up more. That's, exa- that's exactly what it is. And the thing is that with with um, uh, gloves, I I did wear gloves when I first started at the gym. I did wear gloves. Yeah, I did too. And, and then I did research. And I'm like, yeah, gloves are worthless. They com- they are completely worthless because the reason people wear gloves for the most part is because they don't want to get calluses. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that like my calluses are almost non-existent. And I, I like like yesterday I did 440 times six on my deadlift, so which is that's a PR. crazy PR. So um, but I and today they're fine. The reason the reason that you get calluses is because you sweat, and then you uh, it it basically pinches your uh, your hand. So that's what, what happens. Right. 
if you're sweating in your glove, you will still get calluses. Yeah. So it, it, it does nothing. So And people who tend to use gloves don't go heavy enough to, uh, to really warrant that. So there's that. So gloves is a no-no. Uh, for me, uh, and I strongly discourage anybody who use gloves. Same thing with the bitch pad, uh, the yeah. pad you put on for the squats. Uh, build your back up. That's uh, right. I mean, that that's exactly what it is. Your, your back will be fine. Um, I, and I have no marks on my back anymore. Um, I used to have some. I do once in a while, but that's when I fail a rep and the bar slides down and it gives me like a rug burn type thing yeah. except with a bar. But uh, if you're using a bitch pad, you're not gonna be on top of that, bitch. Uh, the the pads. I'm, I'm gonna start stop calling them bitch pads. <laughs> so the the pad uh, will actually be can be dangerous for your knees and other joints because anything that gives cushion is actually hardened knees or hardened joints and ligaments. Really? Yeah. So that's why when you squat or deadlift, mm-hmm. you should be doing it in either flat soled shoes or hard soled shoes. Or bare feet. Yeah, people will go bare feet a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I used to go bare feet, but now I use I actually use CrossFit shoes for my deadlift because son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> but CrossFit shoes they, they do good products, and it's because they they're hard flat soles. Like they're they're fantastic. They grip really well. And for my uh, my uh, squat, I now use Olympic shoes because the 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 two Olympic lifts uh, they have to be at an angle to go up so you can push better and squat is the exact same mentality because if you see the the the, uh, the actual motion that this clean and jerk and snatch through the olympics it's the exact same thing that you do in a squat you go down and then go back up with the bar uh, at some point uh, on your upper body some part of your upper body so uh so i use those if not i'd go bare i used to go bare feet so um yeah, and the the thing that I like is when you use running shoes. Running shoes have cushion. Mm-hmm. When you use cushion, your ligaments and your tendons will start to uh, like absorb the impact a little bit more, and that's a little bit more dangerous. Oh, that's crazy! I'm glad you told me that actually. And same thing with squats. So just to let you know, um, now going 100% to depth for squats, like going deep mm-hmm. enough, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but doing quarter reps, so basically like you're still like a 45 degree angle, or whatever else. Yeah. There used to be an old bodybuilder mindset that squats are bad for your knees. Mm-hmm. It's because they did those squats. Those squats, and there's actually a, a Harvard Medical School study and a Princeton Medical School study that came out within the last few years that talk about why those squats are actually bad for your knees. Because you stay at an angle all the time, your knees are getting all the impact. But as soon as you pass 45 degrees, the strength, is, the weight starting to transfer to your quads and your glutes. So if you do do that, your knees have no more, uh, don't absorb the strength anymore, don't absorb the weight anymore, and then you push back up with your quads, your back, and your glutes. Your knees don't absorb anything. So doing quarter squats will be bad for your knees, but if you actually do like more than deep, quarter... Like to grass squat? Not necessarily ask to grass, but I mean like... Uh, I mean, if you want to be hardcore, sure. But uh, at least like at least close to parallel for most people. For us, we're judged on at least parallel. So you have to go at least parallel and then go back up. Um, and yeah... So, and let's talk about the different. We'll get back to your own personal uh, no path because we haven't quite gotten there yet. But uh, we talked about the different grit, grips and um, stances for deadlifts. What about squats? You can go wide. You can do sumo as well. You can do yeah. Uh, most real, um, I don't want to say pro power lifters because it's there's not many people who are actually professional power lifters because you don't get paid that much. Um, but most. Um, Serious powerlifters don't go sumo, uh, just because it it's just too much. You lose too much, 
too much strength. It helps the range of motion. Yeah, you can go like deeper, Ex- wider, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's well, it's much easier to go parallel because you don't have as far to go, but you lose a fair amount of strength because uh, since it is more of a leg dominant driven thing, uh, the wider your legs are, the less strength you usually have, which is why the sumo deadlift. It's really hard to break the floor, which means the first few inches. But after you're past that, it's easy. It lockout is much easier on there. So, um, so what it is that most people go a little bit wider than shoulder length, shoulder width, and they, uh, yeah, you you work with it. It's kind of, it's kind of a it's kind of an iffy thing, but physiologically, uh, there's some consistencies. So your toes should be pointed at about a 15, 20 degree angle outward. Uh, outward. Uh, for the simple reason, and your knees should follow about your middle toe, so um, they shouldn't cave in at all. They shouldn't be showing. So just try to follow your middle toe. Um, like as far as not going past, you mean? No, as far as the 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 path. Oh right. Going so when you straight. go down, people tend to. We naturally want to bring our knees in a little bit because our the way our ligaments are made. Uh, your knees can go in, but they can't go out. Mm. So we want to go in with our knees, but you will like struggle with strength and you will possibly get hurt if you keep your knees caved in. So try to keep your, uh, like your knees on a rail towards that middle, that middle toe. And, uh, yeah. And as far as the, so the, the biggest, biggest difference really is the, um, the feet width. Uh, it varies maybe Four to five, four to six inches by person, but for the most part, it's the same thing. I mean, the l- bigger legs, the longer legs you have, you tend to go wider. Right. The shorter legs you have tend to go sh- shorter. The uh, the biggest thing uh, that you might see different as far as powerlifting and other types of lifts is where the bar placement is. So you have high bar squats and low bar squats. Low bar squats will give you more strength. High bar squats will work more body parts. Uh, so high bar squats, you see more Olympic lifters doing that. So the clean and snatch because they want to keep their dough, their their dough, <laughs> their dough. So they're back. Uh, wow. So there's a French coming out for you. Uh, so they're back, <laughs> pretty upright, uh, pretty upright uh, all the time. Now the lower back, which is for us, that's we that's why we use it. It, it uh, the lower bar uh, because you engage your lower back a lot more. So instead of just being quad and leg driven, you're you're using both the legs and lower back. So you're getting about 15%, 10 to 15% strength going low bar instead of high bar. And that's just about three inches difference in the back. And why do some people sit, like they'll do a seated thing where they'll put a bench and then on the down, yeah. they sit for a half a second and go back yeah, up. Box, What's the thinking behind that? Box squats. Uh, box squats to help you out of the hole, they call it. So the hole is when you sit at your lowest point in the squat and then getting trying to get back up. So it helps you out of the hole because... What, what you're supposed to do with boss squats is that you're supposed to sit upright with the bar behind on you and then try to get back up. And the thing is that because you, you've, like, settled... And you release all your muscles. The bo- the, yeah, if it, it's it's much tougher to go back up. Not a big fan of the box squat because the um, it doesn't practice the motion of the squat. Right. Because you have to sit back upright, you're changing your motion a little bit. So I, I find that's a little bit more dangerous. If you want to do it as a general exercise, that's fine. But if you want to build strength, I think the pause squat is a much better alternative. That's without a box. You just go down and you pause. just go down, stay there for about two, three seconds, and then go back up. That drains the crap out of you. Like Oof. it really, really does. Like it, it feels like I, I've busted veins in my eyes uh, doing that. It's it's great. What about, uh, what are your thoughts on a Smith machine? Does that take out 
certain muscles out of play? The Smith machine. Or is it the bitch machine? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's not a, the Smith machine. Uh, so do you know what bro science is? The bro science videos on YouTube? Uh, yeah. Okay. I've, I, so anyways, check those out. There's one, anyways, there's one on uh, on um, how to use a Smith machine. And uh, it's all his videos are about six to eight minutes long. And uh, he, it's like a fake bro type guy, but he actually gives out some decent knowledge sometimes. And uh, the video starts with how to use a suit machine. And he just start and he just points the camera and says, you don't. And then the video ends. <laughs> so I'm not a fan of the Smith machine. I do not think the Smith machine has any valid use other than maybe one or two non-main lift uh, things. The problem with the Smith machine is that you don't know how much you're lifting. As right. much as you can put plates on the side, you, the bar itself has a different weight mm-hmm. because of the rails, because of the uh, resistance. Uh, so there's that. And um, the bar path is actually wrong for most of the Smith machines because they're usually at a slight angle. If you're squatting or deadlifting or benching, you shouldn't be doing it at a, that type of angle. It should follow a, a certain bar path, especially I, for squats. And I feel like it would take out of uh, like all these stabilizer muscles, muscles and that just out of the equation and then you'll never... It's spoken like a true, true lifter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is, man. It, it, it takes out the stabilizer's muscles completely. So it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, people use it because they feel comfortable using it because they feel safe. But I'll say the way Dom Mazzetti, which is the character in Bro Science Thing, said, you can't just rack and unrack at life at, life at any point. And that's what the Smith Machine does because, right. you, can, because you can rack at any time and yeah. unrack at any time. Yeah. But life doesn't work like that. Right. You either lift it or you don't. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what it is. I think so, I saw one of his videos on lat raises. He was like uh, on the form or something like but that. That's quite possible. He, anyway. he, he's very big on upper body. So, uh, I mean, he has one called How to Skip Leg Day and all that. So he's typical bro. So, uh, but yeah, no. So that's why, yeah, it doesn't work to stabilize the muscles. doesn't promote good bar path. Uh, you don't know how much weight you're really lifting. Um, it's, yeah, there's, there's a whole crap load wrong. If you have nothing else, I understand. But uh, no. Like no, it's it's just no, 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 no. no. I will never. I I train. I've trained probably maybe ten, twelve people easily uh, in the past uh, little while, and it's still ongoing. And I program their programs for them. I give them uh, whatever six to eight week, pro- six to ten week programs, depending on what they want to concentrate on, what they want to do, what their goal is. And I never, ever, ever, ever give a Smith machine, and I almost never give a uh, cable machine. Why the cable machine? Same thing. Same. Um, same thing. Uh, there's people cheat a lot on them. Uh, they either do not do the right motion, and they don't work stabilizer muscles. So I'll give you an example of pull down, the lat pull down with a bar. Mm-hmm. Just gonna bring the bar down. It's an upper back, um, which I do. I actually do that one. There's a few of them that I, I think they're okay, um, but uh, it's an upper back uh, exercise. When I see people swinging yeah. back and forth like that, I'm like, yeah, no, it's not supposed to work your lower back, dude. It's not supposed to be like a full body workout. You're supposed to stay straight and whatever else. So people cheat on them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Same thing with cable rows. They go back and forth like they're rowing a machine. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Upper back, dude. It, that's, that's what it is. Um, same with curls. Like, I mean, I, now, I have to do curls, I guess, for um, forearm and uh, elbow health. Which it actually has help it helps tendonitis, but um, but curls is not supposed to be back exercise. When I see these bros just swinging back and forth like they're trying to shovel something with the freaking dumbbells, yeah. 
you ever see the uh, gym fail videos? Yeah, it's, that's it's funny. fantastic. It's fantastic. Watch, yeah, I could watch that all day. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy what people try to do sometimes. Especially it's, with like the pull down. Well, they'll put enough weight that it just offsets their body weight. And I saw this one guy where he's like pulling it, but he's like jumping and like pushing it down. <laughs> and then it's shooting him back up because he's got so much and he keeps doing that. The And, and it's funny because half those videos is really check your friggin ego at the door like right. that's what it is is people want to try show off or whatever else and it's funny because i train like a normal gym whatever else i mean emerson small town doesn't have big box gyms i just trained a good life this week and god damn it dude like god damn it <laughs> like i understand that some like uh, some little guys want to fl- uh, like be peacocks there mm-hmm. and whatever but yeah no I yeah mean, the form is is ridiculous the form is ridiculous they're doing weights that they really shouldn't be even touching and yeah. I mean and the thing is that any self-respect like okay we're assuming everybody's straight here but obviously not, not everybody's straight but for a typical macho guy they're trying to attract a female let's talk about a jungle here and they're trying to attract a female uh, uh, at the gym and the thing is that any woman that trains well know they're just being idiots right so i mean they're just brewing their own little thing and if they're if they're attracting someone who doesn't know any better well then, then she's there to look at those guys anyways i remember i read an article years ago and it was about uh it was something like if you want serious gains it's gonna get ugly in the gym meaning it's gonna be really small weights like not small but smaller than you would think yep. and this article was all about negative reps and stuff like that yes um but it was all like about it you're gonna look it's going to get ugly as yeah. if you're not going to be lifting the... Well, that's exactly it. And there's there's a guy that that is, uh, that is I... We, and in, in case he listens to, shout out to you, Peter. Um, I'll... Because uh, I'm, I'm going to be sharing this, obviously. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so there's a guy at our gym. We actually had a conversation with this. He's a, he's a strong guy, very strong guy. And But the thing is that he does the biggest mistake that our ego does to you when you go to the gym, which is on days you feel good, you want to test the max. Mm-hmm. But a, any decent and and the and a lot of the guys have asked me how the hell is it possible that I gained so much strength in this past year, which I did. I I I gained about two hundred, almost two hundred fifty pounds of strength in the past year. That's crazy. But it's because stay, sticking to a program, listening to a program, and going with it. And most programs will not. You you shouldn't test your maxes other than maybe three, four times a year, and two of those are in meets and competitions. So, I mean, you shouldn't be touching even close to your max most of the time. And it feels wrong for a lot of people because you're like, holy shit, today feels perfect. I could really nail it today. Doesn't matter. Take it as a good day that everything feels light because for every day you're going to have like that, you're probably going to have a day where those light weights feel like gravity's been turned up to 11. Hmm. So just take it as it is. Feel good about yourself and leave the gym. That's that's how you're supposed to work, and it's really tough to go uh, to like you said, keep your ego and work with the smaller weights. And I'm a big fan of high reps, so I do mostly low reps for for my working sets. Then I always end with one or two what we call am reps, mm-hmm. as many reps as possible, and those are your money sets. Those are your sets that you go a little bit lower in weights and you just hammer it on until you can't anymore. It conditions your muscle really well. Not everybody can train that way because they don't necessarily have the good cardio for it, but uh, but I think it's a really good way to train if you want to build both muscle and conditioning. And it's amazing too how people forget how if you're at the gym, 
like people that don't understand why they they don't, don't get certain gains or results that they want, they go to the gym for one hour of the day, but not factoring in the other twenty three. You know how diet affects everything, sleep yeah. even like is a huge huge. Sleep was my biggest thing. Sleep was my biggest problem. Um, you I weren't mean, just weren't getting enough insomnia, complete insomnia. I it hit a peak last year. Uh, was it last year? Oh, sorry, uh, last year. Um, probably when was it? August last year, two thousand fifteen. I like I, I've been having sleep problems since university, so it's been a while. Um, but it's been getting worse and worse and worse. And with stuff that's happening in life, you know how life is. And last year, um, so I kept a sleep a sleep log, and I've tried I, I try everything. I tried bomb teas, melatonin, and all that. And in August last year, I slept, I believe it was about ninety five hours the whole month. Jesus, it was hell. It was absolutely hell. I had to go see someone. I went to see a doctor or whatever else, and we we tried to figure out some things. I, I did try one or two sleeping pills. Didn't really work either. Like nothing worked. Eventually, I try to stabilize and try to get a regular sleep schedule and all that, and I get better sleep now. But that was the biggest thing when when I started lifting better and better was when I started sleeping at least six hours a night, like six seven hours a night, and, and I'm good. What did it for you? How how did you manage? Um, it it, it the biggest thing was routine. Like I, I had to, I had to establish a routine like where go I'm going time. to go to bed at the same time and whatever else. No phone. Really de- decompress. The phone thing I did for a while. I I found that it didn't really make a difference in the end. Um, I, eating. So I, I eat a lot at night. So uh, I had to make sure I didn't eat like two hours before bed. That was a big thing. Um, I did try to regulate things with melatonin and balm teas for a little bit to try to calm me down at least so that the routine would make me feel like I'm calm mm-hmm. at 10.30 at night or 11 o'clock every night. Um, and then, yeah. So um, I, other than that, over the, yeah, over the counter, so melatonin, whatever else, if I need extra help now, but it's, it's mostly good now. Gravel works like a charm for me. Yeah. Back to, uh, so you're in Edmonston, fresh off a breakup. You yeah. were in running, but then you're told that your hip. Uh, I moved to Ottawa when I was told my hip because I, I was seeing a specialist. Actually, the doctor was the doctor for Cirque du Soleil. I got referred to a really good doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's the one who, who made like all kinds of tests and he said, yeah, he's the one who told me. And you moved to Ottawa at the time? I was working on a project in Ottawa. So I was working oh, right, on, okay. I was on a travel assignment for the government right. uh, within my, ag- my agency. Uh, so yeah, so I, I was doing that and, uh, so yeah, so I decided to bike to keep in shape and then I found powerlifting. Uh, I had never lifted a barbell before September, 2014. No that's, way. That's crazy. Yeah. That's recent. Cause yeah, cause I've been following you for the last maybe a year or so. Yeah. And, uh, no, before September, 2014, never lifted a barbell and only started powerlifting about four months later. Wow. So, but uh, how, okay. So how do you go from never lifting to power lifting i mean that's such a big jump um and yeah it is it's it's a great example because most people go to powerlifting were i don't want to say bros but did the typical bro split stuff work so i mean like three days chest and arms and maybe a day leg if they had time mm-hmm. so and then they eventually convert to powerlifting because powerlifting is a pure strength sport so they end up having huge benches right off the bat and no squat or deadlift and they have to build those up and which are easy to build up so I went fresh in. So so my thing is that I uh, I had almost no bench right off the bat, which is what people usually have. But everything moved linear for me because of that. I did a lot of research, looked at for beginner programs on learning those three lifts especially. And accessories, so 
side exercises that helps the, that help those lift. So I went in a beginner program for about four months, did really good gains. Uh, beginner programs usually you are completely linear, so you add five pounds per workout type thing. Uh, you start with the ego, right? You start with a bar, like mm-hmm. you start with a forty-five pound Olympic bar, and that's it. And then you had five pounds per workout. So I did that for about four months straight, uh, three or four times a week. And then once I got there, once I started what we call uh, our newbie gains, and once you're, you've you finished your, your beginner gains, you modify it accordingly to, to make sure you can lift. So that's what I did. I, uh, I I found different types of programs. I tried one program for about six, seven weeks, and then another program to see what my body responds best to. Because there are about four or five really good programs out there different styles they're all good the best programs the one you stick with the ones you get gains with so i find there's an american style training which is more low reps heavy often and there's a european style training which is you work with 75 to 85 percent of your maxes all the time but you do like a thousand sets per, like i was doing a program called shaiko which is he's the the godfather of powerlifting it's boris shaiko is a coach, russian coach and his programs up to two years ago, up to a year ago, um, even now they still do that. You did about 200, 300 reps of bench per week and 100 to 200 squat reps per week. Crazy. So you just do like six, seven sets of workout? Yeah, exactly. More? Oh, oh, yeah. I know you do like maybe, maybe 13 to 15 sets per workout with, with a three to six rep range all the time. Per exercise. Per exercise. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, the hours took two, two and a half hours. The, the workouts took two and a half hours. So, um, and I found out eventually that my body responds well to a mix of both. So a mix of high intensity, high volume. So um, so it's, I, I use undulating programs, which means that I try to peak a little bit for three weeks with high volume. Then you drop down the volume, drop down the weights, and then go back up and go back down. And eventually they hit my 100% after about 10 weeks. So, it's amazing how many training philosophies are out there. It's there crazy, are, and and the people and and that's what I don't like about a little bit about uh, about my uh, my scene, if you will, the powerlifting scene. Like we have a few guys that are like you, you can't tra- you can only train this way, right? And I don't believe that at all, like at all. Um, like I've there's a, there's one like there's one big guy. He's uh, six three two eighty pound I train two hundred eighty pounds that I train. And I know he can't do high reps like I can do. Like he can't, he's probably stronger than I am, but he can't do the reps that I do. So I designed his program that best fits him. So, uh, and I, I would never personally use that program, but I know it works for him. So yeah, it's the mindset. It's people, people forget that people work differently. And, to keep and an open good. mind. Yeah. So we could see you in a CrossFit gym someday. Never, <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever. Other than to convert. Actually, there's a girl that I dated uh, earlier this summer. And uh, when we met, she was CrossFitting. And uh, yeah, I ragged on her a few times. And then I eventually, um, she asked me to train her. I did train her. And uh, more of power, what we call power building. So focus on strength. You do squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, but with a lot of um, accessories to isolate some muscles to, to look better. Because mm-hmm. 80% of people who go to the gym, train aesthetically, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, that's, that's what they do. Um, I don't care what I look like. I just want to build my strength. So um, yeah, so anyways, so after I trained her a few times, she's like, okay, I can see why power, I see why CrossFit is. Now we end up not going out for a long time and she eventually went back to crossfit but she saw the light for a little bit so i'm hoping that i can convert people back to bring them to the light and whatever else what do you think of um 
functional training like like uh like something that crosses over to real life you mean yeah yeah um so w- good i mean it's good i i i'm i think that I think that's really good if you're trained for a specific thing. Like, I mean, like I see hockey. I know hockey players. I, I've trained with hockey players, and they train for specific things. Sprinters, same thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're trained for a specific thing outside the gym, that's fine. I think in general, if you do whatever you want to do with the gym that focus on things, I think it will convert to real life. Like, I don't train to do whatever functionally, but and I, I don't have any goal. I know I'm not the strongest guy. I'll never be the strongest guy. But I know I'm stronger than probably most, uh, so I can convert that to whatever I'm doing. So I think, I think it, it, it works well. And the thing is that the um, whatever you train, you're going to be good at that thing. So I'll give you an example. So I I don't train um, overhead press. Mm-hmm. So that's standing and just uh, raising the bar, um, almost at all. Um, I hadn't done it in about a year uh, before I started doing it in my, because I'm on my off-season program. So I do power building. So I train some strength, but I isolate my weaknesses too. So I'm, overhead press is incorporated into that. I hadn't done it in a year. Um, and then I just tried it and I had five pounds higher than the last time I did it. But it was I was sore as hell. But after two weeks, I'm fine now. Mm-hmm. So you, you become accustomed to it and your body will adapt. As long as you train, your body will adapt to whatever you're going to try to do it afterwards so yeah at what point did you decide to compete and think oh shit i can actually like I, i'm i hold my own here i think i think everybody should compete i think anybody who tries powerlifting should compete just for the experience of it so that was my mindset when going in my first com- competition just kind of something an experience yeah get experience and the biggest thing especially if you're not used to it is the community uh the powerlifting like a real powerlifting community is beyond supportive we had a guy at our nationals, the guy who basically won, I think he won the actual competition. And he didn't get as high as he wanted in squat. He really almost bombed out in squat and could have been disqualified. He got one lift barely and that was it and he was good. And he was almost in tears. And me and another guy that, that in our weight category, like we're, we're like five weight categories under him. And we went to him and we said, no, man, shake it off. Go to Subway. Because it was a Subway close away. I'm not, I'm not plugging Subway. Anyways, uh, so go to Subway. Let's, let's have a sandwich. Eat a cookie. Because you have like three hours between lifts. So let's, let's, let's focus on that. Blow it out, man. And whatever else. And everybody was supportive. And when you're on stage, people are screaming for you. You get it. And my mom, my mom went to see the Nationals. And she's like, why are people like support like screaming for everybody to get it aren't you competing against each other no because him lifting his weight doesn't affect me lifting my weight right yeah sure we're, we're ranked but we don't compete against each other because my my weight will will move or not move regardless of what the person before me or after me does right so that was a big thing so that, i think that's why i think everybody should compete especially if you get semi-strong now the uh, there's something called wilkes which is basically a relative strength. That's what everybody uses to calculate their relative strength. That's what how you classify people from different weight classes and all that. Once you get close to 300 Wilkes, you're pretty much in the top 5-10% in people in the gym. Then you should you really should compete just for the hell of it for sure. And then you go from there. Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, I think that's the best the best way to go about How'd it. How did you do in your first at your first meet? Uh, Wilkes, I did 320 I think. Uh, it was probably the worst ex- weeks of my life. 
Um, what? What? I had a really bad breakup. Really awful, awful, awful breakup. She was my training partner on top of that. Is this she, the CrossFit uh, girl? No, 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 no. It was a girl I met um, December, January last year. And uh, I mean, not to be a sob story, but she, uh, in French, we have an expression called chanter la pomme. So mm-hmm. she, 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 she basically, it basically means that you, uh, you're giving all the compliments in the world. And this girl, like, was stunning. She, she approached me at the gym, and I've never thought I could, whatever else. I, I've, I've dated really good-looking girls. So not, not. <laughs> Not to know anybody else I have gone on with, but anyways, but she was really like typically attractive. She looked like a Barbie, mm-hmm. and um, so she approached me beyond nice, uh, whatever else. Everything clicks. We're all, she tells me we're looking for the same things in life. She, we start training together. So basically, she was supposed to. Anyways, I don't want to get in the story of the relationship, but anyways, at the end, like she cheated on me, and I found out like two weeks Oof. before the competition. Oh fuck! And she was supposed to be my hand, my handler at the competition. So a handler is someone who watches you lift. And then tells you how much you're supposed to add on your next attempt. So I lost my handler. So I was going there alone. So I was going to my first competition alone with a person just cheated on me. Ended up getting a Crohn's attack oh, three shit. days before. So couldn't eat anymore. I lost 15 pounds in a week. Uh, there was some stuff that happened with work. Some stuff that happened with family. Everything crashed down that week. So I actually totaled. I weighed in. I was... 174 pounds at the beginning of the week. I weighed in 161. And I. Does that motivate you to do well at the competition or (laughs) kind of like fucks everything up? Or are you like, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to light a fire under my ass? I think, I think if it's only one thing or, and (laughs) if it's, and if it's not something that completely, um, turns your life upside down i think you can use it as motivation for mm-hmm. like raw or whatever else or whatever the <laughs> macho guys do so i think you can i'm a very quiet lifter i don't scream i don't whatever else so i, I don't get that uh, whole testosterone boost and there's actually once again science guy there's actually a lot of scientific studies that says if you're quieter before your lift you actually uh, hold your testosterone a lot better and you can concentrate more on your lift and you get and gain more strength so uh, I'm gonna say I'm right for that one. Uh-huh. So, anyways, uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, I think if it's only one thing, yeah, for sure. Um, but if it's multiple things, no. So I ended up totaling 970 pounds um, at 161, so a 320 Welsh score, which is okay, but not great. Um, once you get over close to 400, like I think a, a score of 405 qualifies for the world, like we're like. Um, all across federation championships called mm. the Arnold. So Arnold Schwarzenegger hosts it, and um, it's 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 insane. So I did that, and this just as comparison, this past this October, mm-hmm. which is only eight months later, I uh, I totaled eleven seventy nine, so two hundred nine pounds more. Wow, uh, one hundred sixty four body weight, and I had I left away on the platform like i did like i maxed out my bench and deadlift but i probably still had five ten pounds in me in both explain to me the lights when you compete lights. yeah the lights so you have three judges mm-hmm. and they are they all judging in the same thing or they each look for on like, no they are all judging the same thing but they have three angles so they're all looking for certain things beyond based on their angle but they're technically all looking for the same things uh and it's all technical so it's all about the so the squat they're looking. The main things is the for all three the commands. There are commands you have to listen to. So uh, squat is start, and then you start your squat, go back up, and once you're locked up on top, you have to wait there 
because they want to see if you're going to be stable with the weight. Mm. And then you and then they say rack, you rack the weight again. Bench, same thing. Bench is start. You put it on your chest. You wait until the judge says press. So people don't realize that a real bench press, you the bar has to hit your chest and it stays there for a second. Ooh, yeah. And then you press back up and you and then you wait for and then you hold it locked out. Rack. Deadlift, there are no commands other than up and down. So you wait for the judge to raise his hand to say you can start anytime. You have 60 seconds to do your lift. You lift up the uh, the bar, you lock out, and then he'll bring his hand down saying put it back down. And you, yeah, so that's that's that. So uh, squats, uh, looking for depth. So making sure you hit parallel. That's the biggest, biggest thing that people usually lose out on. Uh, making sure you're stable with the weight. So when you walk out with the weight before you go down, making sure you're ready and stable, go down, you control the weight, and make sure you go deep enough and go back up. Uh, can't move your feet, the bar can't go back down. It can stop. You can actually literally stop the bar, but as long as it, go, as long as it keeps going up, you're, you'll be fine. But as soon as it goes down a little bit, it doesn't count. And make sure your equipment is good too, so you're not cheating um, with the equipment. Uh, bench, they're looking for the pause. They're looking for control of the weight. They're looking for an even lift. So the bar right. can't go even, uneven. Uh, same thing, bar cannot go down at any time. And, uh, oh, and that bench, a lot, a lot of technicalities in the bench. So your feet has to stay on the ground, completely on the ground. Your butt has to keep touching the bench. Your Some federations, your head has to stay on the bench. Uh, most federations, your head, some don't. Uh, shoulders have to stay on the bench. Uh, yeah, and same thing with equipment. So your wrist wraps, you can't have anything on your hands and whatever else. And deadlifts, uh, yep, you have to be completely locked out, knees locked out, straight, and uh, you have to have control of the bar when you're going down. So people just lift oh, and just like, drop let, it, right? exactly. No, you have to control the bar going down. You have to show that you really have control of the bar at all times. And that, I mean, that must be a hard thing to judge because that all happens, everything you described, in like a second. Yep. Oh, deadlifts happen like, yeah. In so a his arm goes up and right down back. Yeah. It must be so, pretty up and down. Well, no, but the, the, the bar, no, when you, when your arm goes up, you have six seconds. So that, Oh, right. Okay. So, right, so right. yeah, like he, he, his went up and then I psyched myself in. I, whatever else, I maybe did a shot of ammonia. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? So, uh, so the smelling salts. Yeah. Uh, so I use the ones directly in the first aid kit, but you actually can buy bottles of it that's made for lifting and you, you whiff it out right before a lift. Because I've seen smelling salts in movies and shit. But yeah, yeah, never, no, like, man. Yeah, I, I use them. Uh, like to wake the people up when they're knocked out or whatever. I use them the first time for in, ever in a competition uh, in October. And, and that's not cheating or anything? You can do that? No, them? oh, yeah. Because and they, what does it do? It's, it stimulates your nervous system for about two to five minutes. So you're, you, you wake up. Uh, if you inhale it too much, it feels like you're drowning a little bit. Uh, but uh, shit, I need to get some smelling salts yeah. just to get through the day. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it, it works well. But it's only a short burst. So that's the only problem. Right. Every but five minutes, be huffing on smelling yeah, salts. Yeah, exactly. And then get desensitized to it. So that's why I only use about th- three times a year. So just to, just to try out. And but I yeah. also noticed, uh, explain this to me, you have a little bit of a ritual when you approach, for example, deadlifts. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> and bench, you do this. You arch your whole your yeah. whole body on the bench and then you come back down. And for I'll explain it for anyone that hasn't seen it yet, but I will put your uh, Instagram and stuff on, sure. on the website so people will... will 
go and, and see it for yourself or go to the actual put it on uh, facebook.com slash JD comedy hour but you approach the bar the weights there it's all ready to go uh, you kind of <laughs> you do this thing where you're you're stepped back like 10 feet or whatever yep. and then you you plant I don't know if it's right or left foot first right right foot first it looks like you're putting out a cigarette and then you plant the second foot yep. left foot and it yep. looks like you're putting out a cigarette you're kind of swaying your ankle then you throw up both arms in the air and then you do a big deep breath and then you go for it. <laughs> What's is is there any technical reasons behind that or it's just uh No, it's it's it is there isn't there isn't. I mean everybody has their own way. We always have this pre lift rituals. I mean there's a it, it's a it's a running joke. And especially with mine, because I I am a little bit I don't want to say overzealous with it, but I am I am into it. Uh, the reasons because I want to make sure that I have everything locked down. So the um, so I'll tell you. So the 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 ten the five ten steps before I go to the bar is just psyching myself up, just mentally picturing myself lifting the bar. Yeah, so whatever you need to do to get exactly, into that. State, so that's fine. Sure. Now, once I get to the bar, the whole uh, the whole cigarette thing. That's a that's a great way to put it. Um, it's grip. Right. It's to make sure that I'm really. Um, screwing my foot into the ground basically and I do with both feet and especially because I'm, I'm a sumo lifter I have to make sure my, my foot is a really steep angle so I can be as close to the bar as possible so that's the, there's that the arm thing um, now we have I, I think you know Brock Brock Bilovo yeah, yeah. yeah so Brock made a comment on that like when you saw me lifting it a few times I'm like what the hell are you doing man <laughs> The, the arm thing is a little bit funny uh, a few lifters do that that I've seen um I think it's mostly because I want to stay tight. That's the, that's the main reason. When I'm lifting it up, I mean, you can't see it because it's inside of me, but I'm actually tightening up everything I can inside of me because deadlift exposes everything you hand. So, so I'm tightening up my legs, tightening up my arms, and really making sure that I can, I like, there's nothing, no flab, there's no, there's no, there's no uh, weak point. So that's what I'm doing when I'm doing that. And I'm making sure that the arms stay straight. So if you see when I go down, like I'm not bending my arms again. Mm-hmm. I'm going straight down with my arms. They're they're straight. They're gonna go in like that. And then yeah, I, uh, I because I think I've seen too many people psych themselves out when they're at the bar and just holding the bar and waiting for them to get momentum. I get my momentum before. Stay tight. Take my breath and push against. Oh, so that's a that's the biggest method with the belt. Is people think it's for your back? I was gonna ask about the it's belt. For the, it's actually for your abs. It's actually for your stomach, because I mean it's gonna help the ba- the back because of it. But what you want to do is make your your core uh, as strong as possible, so like a tree trunk. So you're pushing your your stomach against the belt. So that's why the belt has to be tight, so that it doesn't move at all and basically becomes a tree trunk. It becomes no weak point. You can't bend over on that. So uh, so that's what I'm doing. I'm making sure I take my deep breath and then start pushing against my belt. Everything stays tight. I go down and go up. And how do you come up with that? Like, how does that happen organically? You're at the gym and you're like, I'm going to try this. Do you add, do you start with the putting out the cigarettes and then I add th- the arms? How do <laughs> I think I think it's because they're, they're, most of those things are what everybody does, every serious lifter does, but it's how to get there. Mm. Whatever you do to get there, do it to get there. So so for me, that's what it was. It was, it was a matter of making sure that Every, that's the way I, I and it became a routine and once you do a routine everything's in place 
So that's that's what it was. I'm like, okay, I want to make sure I'm tight. Okay, I want to make sure I'm close to the bar. Okay, I want to make sure that I'm pushing against my belt. So I do that, and I try to not take too much time so that I don't psych myself out. I know I can do it and just jump jump right in. So, um, so yeah, so that's the, the main thing. Like we did a mock competition. I organized a mock competition uh, in Edmondson not too long ago. And uh, there was one guy that I, I train a lot, Danik, in case he listens. Uh, and he he has a lot of potential, but he psychs himself out. And his opening lift on deadlift, he failed, which is usually supposed to be your easiest one. And I told him, I said, you're taking too much time. I said, you're looking at the bar. You're trying to think, you're, am I going to lift it? I said, no, just just make sure physically you're good and just lift the bar. And that's what it was. So um, so there's that. Uh, the bench thing is the same thing. Bench is <laughs> the bench is the exact same thing. I, I kind of look odd doing it, but that's exactly – but it's – there are some basics that everybody has to do. You have to retract your scalpula, so your back, making sure your back is really, really tight. So that's why I put my feet up on the bench mm-hmm. so they can lift up and stay on my shoulders, retract my scalpula before putting it back down the bench. That's the main thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then when I place my feet on the ground, same thing, I'm making sure everything else is tight because leg drive is a big thing with the bench. People don't really realize that. And I, uh, yeah, I do the form, making sure that uh, everything lines up right it's do you use the belt for the same way when benching you push yep. against it yeah because um the biggest thing for the belt is one you, it helps you stay tight and two if you keep it tight enough your leg drive will be better because you will have no loss of energy or strength from your feet from your legs right. to your upper body um and that's the biggest thing because going off the chest leg drive is huge uh, so you want to make sure you're pushing against the belt so that all the tra- all the leg drive stays within your body. So that's the biggest thing. And you're talking about how you uh, travel and you train all the time. Is that hard working out on the road? Uh, I mean, it's it's not that bad. I mean, I, I always find like I have a pass here in Moncton and Chidiac, and I have a pass in in Halifax, like the the punch passes and all that, just enough to to get. What about it going. eating on the road? Yeah, that's a little bit tougher. Is that's that why the minivan? Because you have to carry so much food? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, uh, the minivan is because it's the agency's vehicle. It's oh, right. It's not, it's not mine, yeah. No, no, uh, no. no. Uh, yeah, so it's the uh, it's my, um, yeah, the government's vehicle. The, um, no, I, I think it's, uh, I, I bring snacks. Snacks are the biggest thing for me, so I, I bring the snacks. The food, there's always, you. it's about making choices when you're in restaurants. Like, I always make right choices. So, uh, right choices. See, I don't believe healthy and unhealthy. That's the biggest thing about me. Because my mom, for example, struggled with her weight a little bit. And she always asked me, oh, is this healthy food? Is There's no such thing as healthy and unhealthy for me. Food is not binary. Food is on a scale. And everything can fit in a scale as long as you eat balanced. Like I, um, did I eat crappy this week? I must have eaten crappy this week. Oh, yeah, I ate, I ate a doner last night with fries. So, I mean, so the, um, oh, for you non-Easterners, doners, so like, they're like shawarmas. Right. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I had a doner with fries last night. I mean, and it, it balanced. Like, I, 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 log, I log my 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 food, though. I've been logging my food for three years now to making sure that I'm hitting my proteins, hitting my fat, and hitting my carbs the way I'm supposed to. Uh, but, yeah, as long as you eat balance, you can eat whatever the Do you, you drink want. or anything like that? Do you uh, drink drugs? So, Julien... Do you remember me when I was a kid? Uh, I was a teetotaler, huh? Uh, but no, I um, 35 years old, still have never taken a drink in my life. Is that right? Never taken a drink in That's my life. That's unbelievable. I'm still, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I'm still straight edge. 
Wow. So well, I, I mean, now that you say that, maybe I think it, it, it kind of rings a bell. But yeah. I mean, that was 16 years ago. But and exactly. And, and people and people change with that, life, especially life whatever else. Yeah, drink. exactly. But no, um, 35 years old, uh, very open minded. Just in case anybody knows what straight edge is, I'm very open minded. I'm one of those guys that do what you want. I don't really care. But for me, that's that's the choice I made in my life. No, any drugs, weed, n- anything like that? Never drank, never tried any drugs. That's unbelievable. Why? 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 Do you have alcoholism in your family or anything like that? It was just I, something that, and that's the reason why I don't usually share that with people. But I don't really care right now. Um, it's since you asked directly. Um, I do have one alcoholic in my family, but she stopped drinking before I was born. It was my grandmother, right, right. so I I don't know that. My parents drink, um, and other than that, and they don't, they're not alcoholics, so or that I know of, and um, I not super religious. I haven't gone to church in forever. Um, yeah, like probably fifteen years because. So you just, I guess it's just one of those things. If you've never done it, you don't, you're not missing anything. I mean, it was a, uh, t- yeah, it was a philosoph- philosophical statement for me when I was younger. Uh, when people, when people started drinking at thirteen, fourteen years old, they do it because that's what you do, and they want to get hammered and they want to do whatever else. And I just didn't get the point of that. I, I really didn't. And most people did it to get less shy or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm, I'm a very I like to, abs- to uh, I um, I appreciate truth, and I don't want to say pureness because that's that's a really gross term, but um, I appreciate who, what people really are, and I think that I thought, and I still think um, that if you're shy, embrace your shyness. Mm-hmm. You don't need to drink down. Why be unshy? Just be who you are, and that's right. what, what it is. So, and I especially didn't like that you drank or people did things just because, hey, that's what you do. I'm not that guy. Give me a reason to do something and I'll do it. But not to do it, like just like getting married. I like to get married because I want to fall in love with someone and be spend my life, the rest of my life with them. But I'm not going to get married just because, hey, we've been together for two, two or three years. Like my not, I was with her for seven years. We didn't get married because it never felt like right. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, so the um, so yeah, so that's that's the main reason, and that carried over for most of my teens. But I mean, I was still a pretty easygoing guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for the most part, I got along with mo- I think everyone. I was I was actually elected to the student council in at Mount Allison, uh, so I did bartend f- uh, for fun, just uh, to be social or whatever else. And uh, yeah, I. Um, so what would you do if you were bartending and someone was like, "Let me buy you a shot"? Just no. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, that's easy for for a bar for most respectful. But I did it mostly for parties, and I mean, because I was in on the council, I had like one of those huge dorm rooms that like had a bat in his own bathroom and all that. So I I hosted parties sometimes too. So I mean, I just served drinks, and that was that's what it was, and um, people. Um, no, any self-respecting bartender. I mean, it's it's just like a drug dealer. You don't you don't use your product. <laughs> right. That's what, that's what it is, right? So uh, yeah, so I just stay that way. And then after university, I mean, it became uh, people became more social drinkers, and that's absolutely fine. And I said, hey, that's it. Got my beliefs got me through a lot of tough times, so I might as well stay true to my beliefs. Are you I, seeing anybody now? No. <laughs> I see you post stuff about being a nice guy. Is that your Oh, thing? this 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 week this week has been <laughs> has been rough, man. I'll, I'll tell you why. Is, are you the nice guy? Or are you the friend? I am guy? the nice guy. I get along with everyone, and some of my f- some not all some of my friends that are girls say that I'm too nice because 
I can get steamrolled by girls that are a little bit more vicious. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened recently. So there was this girl. Do you care that I tell you the story? No, my God, please. So there was this girl. um, uh, About a month ago, we started talking. Uh, We saw each other casually. like We saw each other quickly at an event. And then we added each other on Facebook. We started talking. Very busy girl. Uh, But then eventually she... uh, she said we want to go out, but she never could find time. And then we eventually went out, and it went really well, really well. And then we spent a lot of time together in a, in a week. Like she was coming to see me every night and all that crap. Very beautiful girl again. Very smart girl, educated, has a good job. But she is a very independent and likes her boys. Uh, so likes men. So yeah. So, uh, anyways, so after things started happening, so I'm like, I told her right off the bat in the first date, um, I said, I'm looking for a relationship. Like, I, I am. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I like, I, w- it doesn't have to be, we don't have to get married. We don't have to be Facebook official. But I said, I just want to go towards that. So, if Did we you start- you say this do- on date one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking put, right. Put it right up there. Fucking right, man. <laughs> no, I, I'm fucking old. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't mess around. <laughs> yeah, no I'm, games, right? After no, no, but that's, that, that's, and honestly- I've had probably about 25 first dates in the past few years. And the vast majority of them love that. Like they, they love that. I'm not, I'm not, mess, I'm not messing around. I'll tell you, I'm looking for a relationship. I mean, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but either way, let's get to know each other and we'll, maybe we'll see where it goes. Mm. And that's basically how I lay it out. And I think that's reasonable. I think in the end, that's what you you're thinking, but you don't lay it out. So people can have games and it can be gray areas. Fuck the gray areas, man. Yeah. Black and white is much better for stuff like that. Anyways, at least you know where you're going. Right. So anyway, so that that all happened, and then stuff started happening, and we started seeing each other. So I asked her one day, I'm like, so um, how do you think things are going with us? And she said, oh, it's I think it's, we're off to a great start. I said, okay. And then she became when we're, we we were away from each other, she was really odd and distant. And I'm like, well, so what's going on with us? And she's like, ah, I don't know. I'm go with the flow type of girl. Okay. That's that's fine, but I mean, I just want to know if we're gonna. Yeah, I have plans to see you again. I mean, we have plans to keep seeing each other. Did flow? Did she, by flow, did she mean other people's dicks? Well, pretty much. <laughs> it's a flow of dicks. Actually, I go with the flow of dicks that come towards me. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah. So anyway, so she eventually just said. Um, so I, I think I, I, I said good night one night uh, by text, and she said, "Oh, I find that's a little bit more uh, boyfriend girlfriend." I'm like, "We've slept together. We, I mean, we go hang out. I mean, what, what do you want me to say?" So, um, so yeah, and then we had a, and she said, I feel like you're a guy that needs a lot of answers. I said, I don't need a lot of answers. I just need one. Do you like me? Do you want to keep going out? And she said, ah, we'll see. And so my friend's girl is saying, that's where the nice guy comes from. Saying, you're getting steamrolled by this yeah. girl because she's nice and she has everything else. Yeah, but her. she, yeah, but that's exactly it. She, she's, she doesn't care about anybody really other than herself. She's just getting, she's hedonistic. And that's the biggest thing with me right now with uh, dating. I find a lot of people hedonistic at 100%. They just want their own pleasure and they don't care about anything else. Mm. And I think that's a dangerous game to play. But anyways, so so yeah, so that's what the, the whole thing. And But I eventually sent her a big message saying, listen, man, I, I don't play this game and this is not me and that was it. That's fine. So uh, yeah, so that's where the whole nice guy thing in Facebook uh, popped up late, lately. Um, and Edmondson is the size of my pinky. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's married and has kids by 25. So, so uh, like here, basically. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, we're from a small town, so that's what that's what it is. I mean, people have the routine. When I met Manon, who's from Edmondson, she was 21, and she said, well, by 25, 26, I'm married and I have kids. I said, if you're going on with me, maybe. 
if it if the situation is right, yes. But if it's not, no. And I opened up her world a lot. She's she's much a di- she's a much different person now. We're still g- great friends. We end up in the fantastic terms. Actually, she was probably one texting me just a second ago. I thought you but, were pointing at the van. She's in the van. She's in the van right now. She's in the van waiting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I gave her some water. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gave her some water. She's fine. No, but uh, we're really, we're still really good friends. So um, so yeah. But but that's thing. I, I I can't do things just because you're supposed to do things. So. Um, yeah. So anyway, so Emerson is like that. So it's been kind of rough. Uh, I've been set up, and I mean, you don't meet people if you're from there. I mean, I go to the gym. I, I'm not that guy that approaches girls at the gym and just yeah. be douchebag. So I, I have to rely on the people I train, their friends or coworkers and their friends. So I've maybe seen three, four people in the past year, and it's been tough. It's been fucking tough. And but I'm open. I, I I dated one or two people here in Moncton that went relatively well, and I'm open to something since my job is flexible i'm open to going different places i was gonna say why are you staying there then because work obviously. to get to get a permanent transfer is tough right now but i mean i i can probably swing it by but uh, as i told someone actually in halifax this week i was someone co i said i just need reason to to go for it uh, so i mean i'm not just gonna go willy-nilly and up my life to hope for something better right uh, i need some kind of belief that something better will happen that sounds really depressing but it is what it is and at least in Moncton I have roots Ottawa I have roots so those are my options um, but uh, other than that I mean unless I meet someone um, or I have a great job offer I'm staying where I am well you heard it here uh, ladies from Moncton and Ottawa if you uh, Moncton, if you're Ottawa there, Edmonton Halifax <laughs> yeah give this guy a reason to uproot his life and there you and go move. check out my Instagram um, what's that sir check out my Instagram what is your Instagram I'll plug it now uh, J-R-C-R-M-R so Jeffrey Robert Cormier, could you be more complicated with your thing? It's actually the <laughs> okay, reason J R C M R M R J R C R M R. It's basically J R, right. and then my last name Cormier without the um, vowels. Yeah, that's easy. Well, <laughs> no, it's the reasons because that was my username as my student ID at university. Oh right, okay. And that was easy to keep up. So J R C R M R, whatever. Now it makes sense. It's yeah. just funny when you're explaining it. You're yeah, like, no, exactly. it's super easy. Just think J R. Yeah. And my last name, which <laughs> the you don't know it, but I'm telling you, it's Cormier. But remove the vowels. The vowels exactly. And, and then it makes so much. Then sense. use all only prime numbers and then transfer them to. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I have no. <laughs> okay, at J R C. RMR. Yeah, I'm getting it. Yeah, exactly. uh, it's easy. Uh, Roll off the tongue. It. GRC, RMR. And I'll link it on the uh, on the Facebook. Thanks, uh, well, we've learned it all. I could easily keep talking to you yeah. all day. Holy shit, we've been talking for a while. We've yeah. been talking for an hour 15. Jesus. And, yeah, but awesome. We could easily do a part two. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by Subway and CrossFit by Reebok. Yeah. <laughs> and also Black and White is... Uh, the way to go <laughs> <laughs> black and white are the colors of the day yeah and the word is uh i don't know crossfit there you go i love it thanks a lot for doing this man i appreciate it, it. Great. it catching up it was fun yeah, and like watch it. your head waste of time a waste of time a beautiful waste of time and there she is another one in the books i'd like to thank my guest jeffrey cormier that was a good chat good to see Good to see that cat. And, uh, of course, thank you for listening always. I appreciate it. You, you specifically you, now, listening. That's You're the one I do it for. Huh? Remember to uh, follow on uh, <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, at JD Comedy Hour. 
Like the Facebook uh, page, facebook.com slash Hour. Email the show, pod at jdcomedyhour.com. Subscribe, rate, and like on iTunes, and share this shit. All right, that's it. That's all. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, and as always, wash your head. The land is bitter, but the fallen is also sweet. It's just a waste of time. A beautiful waste of time. It's just a waste of time.
it's a it's a it's my sign out yeah line okay because <laughs> I, I, I listened to a few i listen like, yeah i listened to a few i didn't hit me right off the bat i listened to a few of your podcasts uh, and yeah and you finished it without usually right yeah yeah exactly but it hit me as soon as, as soon as looking up i'm like no that's right he just literally <laughs> just did. Yeah, because was, um when i first my first studio was a loft and the ceilings were like six six and a half oh, feet and get so they were so people were constantly hitting their heads <laughs> so yeah. I w- it would just became a thing now i have a studio with adult height ceilings so I, yeah. but i still i still use it uh anyways all that to say i uh, watch your head and uh could you do me a favor do um do a id so this is uh this is jeffrey cormier or jeffrey cormier and you're listening to the julian dion comedy hour podcast give it a pause after your name just go hey this is jeffrey cormier beat because that's how i edit it because yeah. i put a bunch of names together of people sure. doing it and then and you're listening to the julian dion that's me that's my name with all the consonants and the vowels okay. <laughs> all right <laughs> julian dion comedy hour sure. podcast this is jeff cormier jeffrey cormier and you're listening to the julian <laughs> <laughs> you want me to try again yeah, do it do okay it. this is jeffrey cormier you're listening to julian dion podcast comedy hour podcast. comedy hour okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm not made for this okay this is jeffrey cormier you're listening to julian julian dion comedy hour podcast ha <laughs> 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 okay. uh, do it one more time one more time okay this is jeffrey cormier you're listening to julian dion comedy hour podcast boom <laughs>